today on the wrestling podcast about nothing. Oh, let's get ready to wait. I have to pay Michael Buffer if I say that right. Yeah, our uh, our budget doesn't quite cover those uh, rights fees. Yeah, yeah, forget that. Then uh, on the heels of his run-in with David Arquette, Brian has finally forced me to sit down and watch the 2000 feature film Ready to Rumble for the first time. You avoided it for 18 years. No more, though, my friend. This is going to be fun. Yeah. Plus, your promo about nothing after that and so much more. But first, tell him, George. I think I can sum up the show for you with one word. Nothing. Wrestling fans, there are millions and millions of podcasts out there, but there's nothing like this one. Do you ever just get down on your knees and thank God that you know me and have access to my dementia? This is the wrestling podcast about nothing. Nothing? Nothing. Welcome to the wrestling podcast about nothing episode 127, a production of Crackpot Podcasts. My name is Mike Crockett. I'm a longtime independent wrestling referee in the Northeast, currently on an extended hiatus from the ring. And joining me, as always, is a veteran of the New England Independent Matt Wars. Now, he is a Ring of Honor wrestler. He is Mr. Inside Edition. The yoke's on him. It's the kingpin, Brian Malonis. Yeah, they got me again, or she got me again, I guess you could say, huh? Yeah, uh, you live it up to your name, Mr. Inside Edition, back for a second run. Already, already 500,000 plus views on on the Purple Mattress uh, video on YouTube. Yes, and you can find that video on, we will retweet it again, up on our Twitter, at the WPAN. But the first video, Brian, it's probably about 8 million views by the time this thing was uploaded. <laughs> and it's, a, it's a, like 7.9, I looked today. Yeah, probably by the time people are hearing this, it'll get up to 8. Over 4.5 million subscribers on the Inside Edition YouTube page. With over 5.5 billion views, and I don't know how many videos they have total, but just taking a quick look, they seem to be uploading between 10 to 15 videos a day, and the channel launched in October 2012. Do you know, Brian, where your video ranks, that first video on the most popular Inside Edition videos of all time? I don't. I'm guessing, I'm guessing maybe like top 10 or something, I would think. <laughs> you overshot 55th most popular oh really yes huh. so i mean i mean come on it's been there for six years <laughs> uh, I don't True. Know how some many, of them have been hanging out there for uh, quite some time i don't know how sure. many thousands of videos but 55 ain't bad <laughs> do you know what the number one video is i have no clue it's some kid who did a dance while katie perry was singing on snl and, and they revealed who that kid was and it got 50 million views 50 million jesus they call him the backpack kid and he does that dance, you know that dance that every kid seems to be able to do? Oh, the floss. Yes, that yes. thing. Yes, my daughter does the floss. Oh, really? Yes, she she loves doing the yeah, floss. every kid has that like innately in them, within well, them. Well, you just did a hell of a version of it there yourself. It's <laughs> pretty damn terrible. No, uh, so yeah. No, don't worry, I wasn't videotaping, so. Uh, thank you, please. So you, you, you won't publicly shame your family with the views of that. So yeah, that was the 50 million views that that thing got. But well, the hell with that kid. <laughs> so you're, you are right. Rising in the ranks, though. I am Mr. Inside Edition. Yes. Uh, so they invited you back, 
And you basically co-hosted this segment with Lisa Guerrero. <laughs> I did. I, yeah, I got for all intents and purposes. I got a lot of FaceTime in this one. Uh, yeah, it was. I think. I think we have a good chemistry together. And you and I read the comments per usual, oh, and, and I've received a few text messages and other messages about people accusing me of hitting on her after <laughs> she hit me with the egg. <laughs> Why? What'd you say? I just said you're lucky. I like you, Lisa. Oh. <laughs> well, well, how close are you two these days? I, I mean, I casually know her from doing two spots with her. We've interacted on on social media a few times as well. Sliding the DMs. <laughs> as a matter of fact, oh, all right. Where's the uh, little lady? She's okay. I shared with her the gifts that people had shared with me of her smashing me with the egg. All right. <laughs> It's all above board, right? Yes, right? of okay. course it is. I'll okay. show them to you if you like. All right. Like we said, you can see the new video at the WPAN on Twitter. We'll put that up there for uh, you guys to see once again. And uh, so feedback was good from uh, Lisa Guerrero among the people at Inside Edition and the people that viewed the video, your friends and mine. Well, yeah, I mean, I mean, of course, I mean, the co- never read the comments, right? Right. There's too many to comments now to go back and read. But the first day I was reading them, I was like, oh, boy. Fat people and like redheads are still like the two <laughs> unprotected groups out there. I actually had a tweet about uh, about uh, the fat jokes and stuff. Uh, Matt Coon, who I think used to be producer or something with the Conrad yes. podcast, yes, and now yes, has his yes. own with Vince Russo, talked about like I haven't heard about that yet. The, the <laughs> Vince Russo one, yeah, all the, uh, all the yeah, people that called him fat or whatever, and I said, well, calling people fat is the uh, the hallmark of people who can't think of anything more creative. I mean, I call you fat, but I'm right, fat, yeah, right, so. Right. Okay, Chubby, tell us about the uh, video. <laughs> now, yeah, describe this for the people. First time you sat on this cushion and tried to smash an egg. Didn't happen. Now what's the setup this time? Well, it's the purple mattress test where they drop somebody with eggs on their back onto the mattress. And they, you know, it was very dramatic because they, they use a different mattress in the video. And it would have, you know, she would have gotten hurt had they dropped her just on the mattress. So we had to double stack them. I was way too fat to, <laughs> yeah. to to put that harness on and be dropped from that. There's not enough people there to hoist me up. Yeah, so uh, basically you so they climbed me, a ladder. I took a ladder bump. <laughs> <laughs> You're used to that stuff? Well, not really. Not really. I've only ever done one ladder match. <laughs> it seemed like when you came off that ladder, the, the back moved. end of it came up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It flat out moved. Yeah, it was scary. Um, did but, you sign a release before you did that? I mean, yes, I did. <laughs> okay. Literally right before really? I did it. <laughs> Uh, good on them good on them (laughs) good move smart move (laughs) so the eggs did not survive or one One or two of them the top the top one didn't i mean i i kind of went through both mattresses there i mean right yeah i mean i i felt the floor (laughs) yeah (laughs) yeah so uh what do you say what is your status now with uh lisa g with the people of inside edition Will you be back? Uh, hopefully. I don't have anything planned right now, but they've said, you know, that uh, if an opportunity presents itself, they would love to have me work with Lisa again because we have such good on-air chemistry. <laughs> Whenever there's an egg that needs to be smashed, the kingpin will be there. Yeah, well, hopefully, hopefully we can find a little something different. Uh, I don't want to be the Eggman. No, so. sure. <laughs> <laughs> it's the Eggman. <laughs> <laughs> the Eggman's in town. <laughs> you got that straight. Um, oh, maybe, hey, maybe there's, a, maybe there's a T-shirt right there. Do the, uh, the New York license place of Ass Man, Eggman. <laughs> Not too bad. Huh? Huh? Not too bad. Maybe you can work up something. <laughs> <laughs> so who have you had more epic matches with? The War Raiders on Hanson or Eggs? <laughs> well, at this, at this point, more people have seen me 
Try to break eggs, then probably have seen me re- wrestle. So. <laughs> Try to break Hanson's face. <laughs> yes. Like, so. He's broken yours, but. <laughs> when you get an egg smashed over your head, one more question about this. Then we'll, then we'll move on. You get hazard pay for that. You know, when Beefcake would cut people's hair, they get a little extra on top. When you know, the head shrinkers would smash a guy in the face with the pineapple or whatnot, they get a little extra pay in the back. Do you get a little bonus for taking an egg to the face? A little extra something in my envelope? Yeah. yeah. <laughs> no. Oh, Jesus. Uh, no hazard pay. Well, uh, hopefully you'll be back. Just just making Lisa happy and smile. That's oh. all I needed. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Tread lightly, my friend. Tread lightly. <laughs> all right. Well, last week on the podcast here, we did the meme tweets. Search and Destroy was the name of the segment where we went back. We alluded to it when you read the comments for your, your video here. We went back and looked at Twitter. And what people have said about the kingpin. Yes. Uh, one Warbeard Hansen absolutely loved Search and Destroy. Really? <laughs> Texted me as he was listening to it. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, we, we did get some great feedback uh, from a bunch of people. Thank you to everyone who checked in on that. Uh, Kelsey from Super Kick with Kelsey from the Two Face podcast said. Uh, the interaction when you guys were reading the mean tweets about Brian Malonis was hilarious and made me laugh, but it also made me say, oh, no. So here's a sweet tweet. Malonis is the best laugh, and I'm a big fan of his wrestling and of the bouncers, too. Haters are lame. I agree. So thank you, Kelsey. <laughs> Kelsey, uh, as I say on the uh, New Age Insider, she's a delight. She is. She's very She's very delightful. I've met her in person. So Yes, she did. She interviewed you uh, WrestleMania weekend. Yeah, she's very, uh, she's very little. <laughs> she is a little gal. <laughs> or I'm very big, one or the other. Uh, or yeah, maybe both. Is, maybe a combo of both. Yeah. One makes the other one uh, look exaggerated or something. <laughs> yes. Okay. So let's uh, offer our congratulations to our Vantage Point, the Retro Wrestling Podcast, episode 100 this week. You can check it out immediately following this episode of the Wrestling Podcast can about we nothing. Can, can we record something and congratulate them already? How many times are we going to put this over? Yeah. What's, we're going to tell people that you might hear yourself <laughs> and myself on there because we've got something to say to one of those guys, Joe Murata, Michael Quinn. And we're uh, going to confront them right there on the uh, Our Vantage Point podcast. Yeah, speaking of people who like to use the F word pretty freely. <laughs> F word meaning fat? The, the, yeah, the, th- okay. the three-letter okay. F word. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, go check out Our Vantage Point and congratulations to Joe and Quinn. Always been uh, very big supporters of us here in the wrestling podcast about nothing. Really appreciate uh, having them in our corner. That's a great thing. So thank you to those guys and uh, continued success, as they say. Yeah, when's that Wine City Whaler uh, t-shirt come? I, I th- two really great ideas out there. One one with the WCW logo, the other with the old Hartford Whalers logo. We'll, we'll see what we can do. Get that in time for the big Massive Square Garden show. There'll be a whole <laughs> section wearing those and hey, start the chant. Hey, if it puts money in my pocket, I don't care. All right. <laughs> Sounds good. And also, we wanted to mention really quick, big supporter of this podcast as well, Stephen at HHHGuy2004. His dad's had a rough time recently. We want to wish uh, his dad well, Stephen's dad. Yeah, absolutely. Get well soon. And uh, uh, his dad's actually a listener of the, of the podcast. Uh, Stephen and his dad, I believe, listen to it together. Um, so, uh, yeah, get well and, and feel better soon and hope to see you around. Uh, they're big chaotic wrestling fans yep. and, and go to every show together. And so hope to see you back up and around and up and about at chaotic shows very soon. Why don't you give them a free T-shirt from BrianMalonis.com? Steven already has a t-shirt. Oh, okay. Just, just check it. Uh, so you can go there uh, if you're... Re- As a matter of fact, he won a free t-shirt. A, he did. A, he a won- curtain jerker t-shirt. He did. He did. So uh, anyone else, though, can go to BrianMalonis.com and get the latest and greatest from the Kingpin. 
That's right. Yeah, you get the Mega Malonis, you get the Skull T-shirt, uh, the yellow Kingpin T-shirt, the Curtain Jerker WPAN T-shirt. They're all there. They are. For you to peruse and purchase. Yes. And you can also go to the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com for more on this very podcast, the ways to subscribe. You can listen right there within the website. And plus, there are photos of us. There are bios if you want to know more about the Kingpin and Mike Crockett. Full frontal nudes. Not yet. We're still working on that. Uh, I'm trying to get up the courage. Well, we got to put the, we got to put those behind a paywall too. That's for Patreon subscribers. Yeah, <laughs> coming Ooh, soon. Maybe maybe that'll be uh, that'll be. We're trying to figure out maybe if we could do a Patreon. Maybe that's uh, maybe that's why Mike. I get a lot. I get a lot of offers these days. Do you? Still, is they still rolling in? Yes, yes, they are. I've got quite a few offers for uh, like one-on-one private matches. That's so. what happens when you're a viral video sensation. <laughs> Congratulations, buddy. Hey, whatever, man. (laughs) (laughs) All these fringe benefits. I'm just flattered somebody somebody finds me attractive. Well... Okay. <laughs> <laughs> also on the Facebook, go to Putting Over Podcasts. We're talking about wrestling podcasts there. All wrestling podcasts. Just put in the search bar on Facebook, Putting Over Podcasts. Join that group and chat with us about the state of the pro wrestling podcast. All right, Brian, you finally did it. We kind of talked about this last week when we discussed your discussed when we discussed your meeting with David Arquette. And you, you mentioned uh, Ready to Rumble. I said, I still haven't seen it. You said, we're going to review it on this podcast. So we cleared the table. We cleared our schedules. And right here, this week in the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing, our review of the year 2000 cult classic. Cult classic? Is that what you're calling it? I, I guess. I, just, I don't know. Ready to Rumble is the name of the film. <laughs> oh, Mike, I've been... I've been waiting for this. This is going to be a, a lot of fun. I knew you would hate it because you hated it and you hadn't even seen it, which is a very common theme. Uh, I, I'm sure our listeners over these last few years or two years or so have picked up the fact that just for you to hate something, you don't necessarily even have to be familiar with it. It may not even be a regular thing in your life, but for some reason you build up all this hatred towards it. Things like football and fantasy sports and and Ready to Rumble. That's another one. Will Ferrell movies you've never seen. That's another one. You got all this stuff that you've never, ever even experienced that you absolutely hate. And this makes me so happy. Well, now, yes, I have seen it and I'm ready to discuss it. And first of all, I want to discuss me getting my $3.99 back. I paid that on Amazon to watch this thing. <laughs> Why well, just ask me? I could have given you my login to Voodoo and you could have just watched it. Voodoo? <laughs> do do that's what i think about ready to rumble or why don't you just go like to like a streaming site i'm sure it's like up on you know daily motion or something well i wanted to see it uh, in crisp clear hd my friend <laughs> so that's what i did i watched one hour and 52 minutes of this friggin masterpiece <laughs> that's one word for it <laughs> okay let's get into this right. brian well i got a, I got a question for you mike all right what's uh what's wrestling for Wrestling is for is that is that a quote from the movie? <laughs> yeah, it's for the fans. No, it's for dirt bags and lily pickers. You don't remember this part already? Already, I told you got really pissed at me when I said I didn't take notes when I rewatched it. But I've seen this movie. If I haven't seen this movie a hundred times, I haven't seen it once. Is that what uh, Gordy's dad said? Yes. Okay, that was in like the first season. Yeah, I mean, there, there's there's another. Uh, well, I don't know, like it's Gordy's dad. Uh, there's a R, the, the R word is used. 
uh, yes. in the earlier too, yes. but we're not going to use that word on this podcast. No, no, no. Sign of the times, different, different time and place. It was. Now I'll tell you something that I did enjoy very much: the opening sequence, the you know the titles, the opening titles where they had the, all the old wrestling photos and all this stuff, and they're you know showing the history of professional wrestling. That was yeah. really cool. Yeah, it was. Got the movie off to a great start. But out of all those guys they show there, all those photos, one guy stands above the rest, according to one of those two guys that we don't know his name yet. It is Jimmy King. (laughs) I thought he was Jimmy the King. Apparently, he's just Jimmy King. Jimmy King, yeah. Do they call him Jimmy the King occasionally? Uh, He's the King, but it's Jimmy King is his name, but they call him the King. There's a little confusion there in the name. On the belt. On the belt says the King. That's they really should have uh, worked on that. Oh boy, here we go already. So it starts out with one of those two guys who they haven't identified. They didn't identify this guy until ten minutes into the movie. I didn't know what what to call him, and then eventually I find out his name is Sean. <laughs> but I, I didn't know from the beginning. But he's standing on the stoop of a local convenience store. He's educating a trio of elementary school kids about uh, the man Jimmy King. So the guy, this guy who works at the store. Right, the the bald guy, uh, Ahmet Zappa is his I name. I say it's one like Frank Zappa's kids. Yes, <laughs> he calls wrestling fans a word that people aren't using. Uh, you mentioned, so Gordy kind of seems to be one of those people at first glance. What's wrong with you? <laughs> he seems a little slow. He's a little <laughs> off. Uh, right? Don't you, don't you speak of my longtime close personal friend like that? No, the character he's playing, of course, David Arquette is of sound mind. But so, so you're saying that you think Gordy may not be of sound mind? I think not. So the blonde guy who we don't know yet, whose name ends up being Sean, he addresses Gordy, who has been sitting there, and Gordy just stands up completely slack-jawed and goes into the store, and we have this weird acid flashback scene that is all tinted in green. <laughs> Gordy is ordering a slush. Because uh, the, you got the guy, Sean, wanted the slush. There's a lot of glare coming off that dome of yours. Yeah, the guy calls <laughs> uh, Gordy a boob a couple times, and Gordy calls him squirrel nuts. <laughs> Suddenly, though, David Arquette, uh, Gordy, grabs him and gives him a suplex. And now the store has a big ring in it, and then uh, Bonesaw is there. From Spider-Man. That's not Bonesaw. That's the Macho Man, Randy Savage, and Gorgeous George. It could have fooled me. It looked exactly like Bonesaw. Who, if you noticed before that, you kind of knew they were going to be in the scene because there was cardboard cutouts behind uh, behind the convenience store I worker. did notice that. I did yeah, notice that. It was foreshadowing. It was foreshadowing. So, yes, Macho Man, Randy Savage. That was two years before Bonesaw came to be. So, I guess he's still the Macho Man. So, Macho Man and the clerk start beating up Gordy. And then Jimmy King arrives. If you don't know, Jimmy King is played by Oliver Platt, who is the last guy on earth you think could be playing a professional wrestler in a movie. I will, yeah, I will, I will say this: it was very odd casting yes. with, with Oliver Platt. Uh, do you think like he's kind of a big guy though? Is he? He looks like a tall guy. He looks. I just looked at. I mean, I saw Canyon, who was the body double for Jimmy King. Yes. I think. I think he's tall. I don't know if Jimmy King is tall. I don't know. There's a couple scenes where like Jimmy King's and we can get to it later in street clothes, and he, he, maybe it's just the way they're shooting it. He feels tall and big to me. All the maybe they thought like he looked a little like Jerry Lawler. Maybe. maybe, maybe. I mean, Jerry Lawler's not the most you know. He's not a body guy, if you will. 
So anyway, this scene goes on. Who knows what the hell's going on? There's a big comeback by Jimmy King and Gordy. Bada bing, bada boom. The Nitro Girls are there. Billy Silverman, the referee, is there. <laughs> and Billy Silverman counts three. Gordy and uh, Jimmy King win. But then we snap out of it. Apparently, it was just a brain freeze. Yeah, he drank his sugar slush too quickly. He says, that icy sugar locked up my nog-nog. <laughs> the dialogue in there is just on point. It's, it's great. <laughs> I love how miserable you are already. I can just envision you sitting in your living room. You're, you're probably in your boxer shorts. You got a bag of Cheetos next to you, just cheese crumbs everywhere, and you're just fucking miserable watching this thing. I know. I had mini eggs. <laughs> the Harvest mini eggs. Have you seen those? No, I haven't. They have the Halloween season mini eggs now. Hmm. Yeah, so that's what I was like. You couldn't have brought some to share while we discussed this? No. So the other guy wants slush. Sean wants some slush. And Gordy says, okay. So he sticks his finger in his ass. (laughs) Yes, he does. (laughs) This is the kind of humor. (laughs) I don't know if I'm laughing more at the scene or or you describing it. (laughs) That's his big plan to get a refill. For, of this slush. It's a solid plan. He makes the clerk smell his ass finger to get a free one. It smelled like a beer sour ass. <laughs> oh, this is going to be my favorite. I don't know if it's going to be the listener's favorite episode, but it's going to be mine. So I don't even remember this, but a policeman shows up and I wrote down he grabs the other guy's nuts. He does. I don't. Oh, the Sean, Sean guy. Yeah. He grabs it. Why does he grab his nuts? He's patting him down. Oh, yes. He's patting him down. Okay. The policeman ends up being Gordy's dad. And Gordy's dad really wants Gordy to be a policeman. Going to honest work. He doesn't want him going into wrestling, which, as we've already established, is for dirt bags and lily pickers. Yeah. Wrestling's fake, says his dad. Michael. What? Wrestling's not fake. David Arquette, that he made a choice with this Gordy character to scream... Lots of, you know, three-word phrases in this movie. <laughs> that was a, a conscious choice he made. That was the first one. Fuck! <laughs> anyway, Gordy doesn't want to be a cop like his dad. He wants to be a wrestler. We find out. But uh, see now already I can you know well I can't identify because I actually I actually had lots of support for my family but there, there's lots of professional wrestlers out there who could identify with this character their parents wanted to do something different they wanted to be pro wrestlers look at that already creating a connection to the audience smart <laughs> storytelling so Gordy is being forced to take the police exam by his dad because he's gonna be a cop goddammit. but for now who gives a shit because it's Monday Night Nitro time. Yes, and they got tickets. Yes, they do, but it's not Monday Night Night. WCW is behind this movie. How can they not get the branding correct? First of all, the entire movie, it's the WCW. It's very Bret Hart of them, as uh, Joe Morata likes to point out every week on OVP. The WCW. Yes, the WCW, and it's Monday Night Nitro, they keep saying, but it's not. It's Monday Nitro. Yes. The fuck's going on? Uh, not, well, not a lot of quality well, control going on well, here. WCW, that's fine. Exactly. <laughs> and let's talk about WWKD. Wicked? <laughs> Brian just like loves recreating the awful, terrible jokes of this film. So there is a, a leather 
bracelet yes. that Sean made. has yeah, he made. made it. He made it. He and made one for Gordy, too. WWKD, what would King what do? What would King do? So they share that moment together, I guess. <laughs> so these two guys, Gordy and Sean, they're in the porta potty business. Are they the porta potties themselves, or do they just suck the shit out of the porta potties? Well, they're like septic guys. That's, they have like the septic truck, so they clean out septic tanks, porta potties, things like that. So that, I guess honest days work, right? It is, yeah. <laughs> Not everybody can have a glamorous career like yourself, Mike. Some people have to go out and do manual labor with poop. So Gordy pulls a prank. On Sean at this moment, they're they're on the job site. They just finished uh, taking some, sh- or they have they started yet? Probably they haven't started yet. Maybe they have. Who the hell knows? <laughs> they're they're getting shit out of these porta potties. But Sean, uh, you know, the duty calls, nature calls, if you will. So he goes into a porta potty, says, "Don't do what I think you're gonna do, or you'll jinx Jimmy King." Which again, foreshadowing. Yeah, I'm not quite sure. They done this before, and something happened with Jimmy King where he. Lost, but no, we, we, it's established that Jimmy King hasn't lost a match in years and years, right? He's undefeated. So what did he do in the past to jinx Jimmy King? Well, I think he just, we're just trying to trying to get his friend to not to not do that to him, to not to not stick a pipe in the back of the porter potty and suck the poop out of his butt. Well, Gordy does it anyway. <laughs> oh, and, that Gordy! And Sean answers by suplexing him. Yes, he does. Without wiping or washing his hands, seemingly, I might add. <laughs> now, that's the like of all the things in this movie. That is probably the part of the movie that bothered me the most. That's the most egregious thing. Yes, in this he came thing. out of the porta potty. Probably didn't wipe his ass because he had the thing hooked up. It was way too quick, and then just didn't wash his hands and just started wrestling with Gordy. So from there, we go to a shitty fast food place where they're ordering some meal. Let me just say, Sean is way too good looking for this role. Why is that? He's a good-looking guy, and he's like a a, a loser douchebag in this movie. <laughs> Why? Because he likes wrestling. Yeah, and well, he doesn't know how to deal with broads. What's going on here? Like he goes, he's trying to get with this girl Brittany who works the fast food place. I also want to say, like they're trying to make it out like this Brittany girl is supposed to be the 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 better looking of the two girls. She's not. The other girl's better looking. You're a Wendy guy. Yeah, I, th- I think she's better. I mean, they're, they're both attractive girls, but I think the other girl's more attractive. And the whole thing is, you know, the usual trope where the hot one that he wants hates wrestling, thinks it's dumb. But the other girl that he barely notices, Wendy, she seems to like the wrestling. Yeah, what kind of fast food places do they have burgers? They have tacos. They have French fries. It's a weird fast food place. Sounds like a good fast food place. <laughs> Especially if they have those... Uh, those hot broads working there fast food tins <laughs> exactly at some point an old lady says that jimmy king is going to bitch slap diamond dallas <laughs> again with the <laughs> old ladies saying profane things is always funny they go back to this a number of times in this film she's the old lady from the wedding singer yes the hip hip hippity hoppity yeah. hip hop yeah yeah they're stealing that bit she's typecast she is. So she asked for a tight T-shirt as well, right? Right, she did from Monday Nitro, <laughs> yes. and he said that's gross or something like that. <laughs> so Gordy gets home, and of course, everyone in the family is a cop. And Dad pulls a gun on him and tells him to be home by eleven so he can rest for the cop exam in the morning. But Nitro's not even over till. Yeah. Although they are, they are in Wyoming, so I guess it would end a little earlier. I, oh yeah, I guess so. A couple huh. hours behind, right? There you go. So they have very bad seats when they get to 
Monday Night Nitro at the uh, Cheyenne War Memorial, whatever the fuck it is. <laughs> that, might, that might actually be a place that WCW went to. So they're looking at the Nitro girls, and Sasha is leading the pack, and uh, Gordy, he's liking what he's seeing. <laughs> he sure is. And Sasha is Rose McGowan, who was uh, quite a delight back in the day. Yes, I, I agree. An odd choice to the Nitro girls, but, uh, you know. And apparently she hated every minute of this from what I saw on IMDb and Wikipedia. Oh, really? She despised being in this film. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure she didn't despise cashing the paycheck. Ralph from The Sopranos with a bad wig is like the head of WCW, apparently, in this movie. Yeah, I always thought for years and years and years, I thought this was supposed to be like them making fun of Vince McMahon. But in reality, they're making fun of Eric Bischoff. Yeah, apparently Eric Bischoff was supposed to be in the film as himself, but he was let go or he walked away, whatever he did at this point in WCW's history where he wasn't available. So they ended up casting Ralph from The Sopranos, who's uh, Joey Pants there as the uh, head of the WCW. Yeah, I, I, you know, for, again, for all these years, I just thought like, oh, they're like some of the claims he makes in the during the movie I, I just always kind of thought maybe they were even though even though the character doesn't resemble Vince McMahon but I was thinking like yeah they probably didn't want to get sued so I always thought that they were trying to make fun of Vince McMahon but it turns out they were really trying to make fun of Eric Bischoff so yeah this guy he looks like a sleazeball as any promoter would in uh, Hollywood so he walks up to DDP and tells him that King is going over with the pile driver so this is the first part uh, of the movie where I was like okay they're not trying to sell that wrestling is real. The only people who don't believe it's real are the wrestling fans who are, we're supposed to identify with as as uh, viewers of this movie. We're supposed to identify with Gordy and Sean, and they're fucking idiots. Uh, you, you don't identify with Gordy and Sean? <laughs> I do not identify with them. <laughs> so that's supposed to be us. Is that, is, that, is, that, is that because you're not as good looking as Sean? Probably. <laughs> that could be part of it. Uh, so DDP enters for the match with Jimmy King. You're, you're missing a very, a very, very, very big, important part of this movie. He does pull uh, DDP aside. Yes. Everybody. It's, a, it's a critical part of the yes. movie. Okay, why don't you describe it then? Yeah, he, pull, he pulls him aside and tells him to forget everything he just said because tonight's his night. He's sick of Jimmy King. And uh, DDP's like, good God, and then heads out <laughs> to the ring. He is a heel in this movie. And there's a, is it the same old lady or a different old lady, the one who's watching on TV? It's the same old lady. But she's got a wig on now. And yeah, she's all, she's all in all this get up. Dolled yeah. up for nobody. For Monday Night Nitro. So she says another bad word, and ha, 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 ha. Isn't that hilarious? <laughs> Jimmy K makes his entrance, and Gordy is sitting in his seat saying, behold the king. That's their favorite wrestler. Jimmy King comes out and uh, he grabs the microphone, as all wrestlers do. <laughs> and he says, Are we going to rule some ass tonight? Going to rule that ass. <laughs> not that there's anything wrong with that, right? <laughs> Certainly not. <laughs> so he also says he's going to take DDP in the dungeon and make him his medieval puppy dog bitch. <laughs> I know this movie, Mike. <laughs> and then, <laughs> from there, <laughs> no, he's not done. No, he's not on the microphone no, because you got to do the sing along with the Rock, right? <laughs> yes, sing along with the King. 
<laughs> so he fucking raps. <laughs> <laughs> fucking Jimmy King. And it's Run DMC. The king of rock. It's so good. And it's not the king of rock. Who? The king of rock. What? (laughs) (laughs) Suck MCs. They call me Saya. That whole fucking thing. (laughs) He's not going to be done until he retires. Uh, And this. You've got to be shitting me, Brian Malonis. I can imagine you watching this on your couch last night. (laughs) <laughs> did you did you wake the baby up when this part happened in a fit of rage? I woke him up, pointed at the TV, said, don't ever watch this movie. This is why you're never going to be a wrestler. You're never going to have anything to do with wrestling. You're never going to watch this movie. Oh. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, the best. It's so good. The best, Jerry. <laughs> so uh, Ralph's name is Titus Sinclair. And he comes out. He's got a cowboy hat on now. He's got like this jacket that looks like a cowboyish, like almost Native American. Yeah. Yeah. And yeah, it's weird. it seems like he's like wearing five different gimmicks at once. <laughs> yeah, It's very over the top. Yes. A little too much, I think. So he comes out and basically whispers to Jimmy King that, you know, curtains, all that kind of stuff. Yeah. So then the match begins. And as I mentioned, Chris Canyon late chris canyon was the body double for oliver platt and you can see like plain as day sometimes you know they, they try to cover up usually that the yeah you can see, you can this, see it's chris canyon yes basically except for one point hey who better than canyon everybody no 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 it's nobody <laughs> so uh oliver platt at one point you see him hit the ropes Worse than like Kelly Kelly, the worst time, to- worst anyone has ever hit the ropes in wrestling history. If this is wrestling history, if you can consider this wrestling history, so, you so probably now, do. So now you're breaking down the, the like you're, you're you're gonna Dave Meltzer this this match. At least learn how to hit the ropes. If you're gonna play a wrestler, it was didn't, terrible. Didn't you criticize the people who criticized my wrestling in the first uh, Inside Edition video I did? No, 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 no. <laughs> I am an educated wrestling uh, purist. Hey, Mike. Hey, Mike? Wrestling's fake. Wrestling's not fake! All right. Of course, this match goes on. It's WCW in the year 2000, so it's Swerve, bro. And now DDP's shooting on him. It's a shoot, brother. It's a shoot. And at some point, there's a random table set up on the outside you, you for didn't no even, You didn't even talk about the little dialogue that DDP and... I don't want to. <laughs> Why? Oh, you know it by heart, yeah. I'm sure. What, you don't have to get here on time like the rest of us? Traffic, baby, traffic. <laughs> that was worth bringing up? <laughs> yes, I thought it was great. Well, because I think it plays into the narrative of like they're telling you wrestling is a work. Until it's not a work. Oh, yeah, because it's it's a heavy-duty shoot at this point, brother. Yeah, the, the, the slingshot over the top rope through a table is tremendous. Like, you could really do that to a human being. And Yeah, there's just a table <laughs> randomly with no one on it, no one around it, nothing's happening. Just a table set up there, and he goes through it. Jimmy King does. But he still won't give in. He battles back in this epic shoot match. But then... Six like to eight goons come out, led by Sid Vicious. You know what bothers me? Let me stop you there for a second. Okay. Tony Schiavone and Mike Tanay. Why, why not like 
Bobby Heenan. Where's Bobby Heenan? He's in WCW at this point, right? I, was he? Off, I think he was off TV by 2000, wasn't he? Was he? I don't know. They they did the whole switcheroo with Mark Madden at one point. Oh, might have yeah. been a little later. Yeah, this might have been the Mark Madden era. Huh? Might have been a little later, Ugh. but I'm not sure. But yeah, no, no, Bobby Heenan. It was two straight men in the booth. There's a great moment when DDP goes to toss the ref out of the ring, and Sid Vicious says, "Toss him out." But like it's completely someone else's voice that they dubbed in after the fact. It's like, hey, toss him out. And it's like completely doesn't fit. Sid Vicious, they decided after the fact, maybe hey, you have to have him saying something. But anyway, the baby faces then come out to save the day. The cavalry arrives. The King's men. Exactly. But they turn on Jimmy King. How, like, how, what a mishmash faction this is. It's, it's Kurt Henning, Conan, and who the hell is the third one? I don't. I don't know. even remember now. I don't know if it was Kidman or no. Kidman comes later. Uh, I forget who the third guy is. But th- but the the mishmash of like factions here. It's like what the, like the factions are a little weird. From there, the beginning of the end, Brian. Well, I think this is the end. A four post massacre. It's not even a pay per view, Mike. It's not even a pay per view. They gave shit away on uh, free TV all the time in the WCW. Mike, it's a line in the movie. I know it is. Okay. I know it is. So uh, after the four post massacre, four guys come off the top rope onto Jimmy King at once. Titus throws the ref in and tells him to count. Yes, it's the Cheyenne screw job, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> yeah, was this this is like, like a hardcore match just for no reason. Right, right. Everyone's just getting <laughs> destroyed. Don't cross the boss is what we're dealing with here. Yeah, exactly. Yes, Jimmy King loses Sean and Gordy. Distraught, in fact, on the way home, on the drive home, literally crying. <laughs> literally it's allergies, crying. Mike. It's allergies. Stupid Sinclair allergies. <laughs> These are the people we're supposed to identify with. Yeah. I cried when Hulk Hogan lost the Ultimate Warrior. How old were you? I was 10. Thank you. These <laughs> no, guys I mean, are what, 35? <laughs> I think they're supposed to be betraying young men in their 20s. <laughs> they uh, failed miserably. They're, they show people crying all the time. I mean, come on. There's that lady crying when when Savage has Liz up on her shoulder. The lady in blue who's inconsolable in that moment. People That's cry. an over the top, <laughs> <laughs> quiver lipped fucking awfulness. Anyway, this causes them to get into an accident in the sewage truck that they're driving. Yep. Shit everywhere. Right. It's <laughs> shit everywhere. And for some reason, they throw in a random Star Trek reference where the fireman comes over to the cop and says, damn it, Jim, we're firemen, not janitors. That's a reference to Star Trek. Oh, really? Yeah. So anyway, then another truck comes and collides with the wreck of the shit truck. Do you know who the driver of the truck is? No. It's Bruce Campbell. I see. Because I think this is a Sam Raimi film, is it not? I don't think so. No? Or he maybe has something to do with it. Who knows? But yeah, it's Bruce. He Campbell. probably took his name off this fucking thing. <laughs> <laughs> so it's a toilet paper truck that hits the shit truck. It's very ironic. Do you get it? <laughs> uh, uh. So King has been kicked out. Jimmy King, he's been ousted. He's finished. He's done. He's on the lamb. No one knows where he is. Gordy and Sean, however... They're going to Atlanta to find them, for fuck's sake. <laughs> so they hitchhike. And they get picked up by nuns. Yes, they do. Yes, they do. 
and they get the nuns to sing Running with the Devil. They do. Because they're nuns and they're the, the devil, and it's kind of like hee hee hoo hoo. Yes. Did you laugh at this too? <laughs> I'm sure, I don't probably I don't laugh anymore at that part, but I'm sure I did originally. So then they get out of the truck, they get to Atlanta, and they have an exchange about <laughs> did you cut one? No. The other guy, did you? No. And then they discover that they were in a van with farting nuns. <laughs> I love how angry you are. We should have videotaped. This would have been a good one to do on Facebook Live. Moving on. <laughs> so they get to like some sort of convenience store, and the Shermanator is there. Yes, he is. The Shermanator from American Pie. He's playing a Jimmy King arcade game within this facility, within this store. How about, how about the budget they, they must have spent to develop even that brief little thing? Probably had to be pretty expensive, you would think, right? Yeah, I mean, it looked pretty shitty, but... It did, but I mean, the, the fact that they developed something... For this, just for this video, for this video, yeah. They could have yeah. just done, like, a fucking PlayStation game and created a wrestler, but... And that's one of the reasons of many that WCW no longer exists. <laughs> uh, so, they go home with the Shermanator, and he goes to a website called Hacker's Planet to get all the info on where Jimmy's castle is because they're trying to locate jimmy here in atlanta and while they're doing all this stuff gordy and shermanator are on the computer sean is has his headphones on and he's listening to britney spears and he's singing along while this is happening hit me baby one more time very uh you know appropriate for the time all right so we know gordy is slow what's sean's problem it's a hyperactive disorder. What is it? Why? Are, why is something wrong with either of them? Just because they like pro wrestling? May, may I add they, that you wasted years of your life actually in pro wrestling? So, so you loved it so much that you actually decided to try to get into it. At least they just watch it. Well, they're portrayed as absolute imbeciles. I don't think so. <laughs> uh, says a lot about you, Brian. Says a lot about you. Oh uh, yeah, I'm not judgmental of people. So, Brian. They go to Jimmy's trailer. It's just his wife there, though. Jimmy sure. is not present. Caroline Ray. Yes. Uh, she says he hasn't been home in two years, uh, and all she has to remember him is an itchy crotch. That, this part makes like grosses me out. When she's picking at it? Yes. It's vile. It's like... like like you know, when you look away when something gross is, or like you know, like somebody snaps their leg or on t- in a movie or something, or yeah. like, like that's me in this part. Like it's like, oh. And of course, she says that uh, she hopes his diddly turns black and falls in the crapper. <laughs> so then we also see Jimmy's son, the prince. Yes, he seems to also fall on the spectrum somewhere. Uh, <laughs> I don't oh know what's going God, on. My God, what is wrong with you tonight? <laughs> we also meet Jimmy's parents and their. Kind of weird as well. Anyway, Jesus. they find Jimmy King. They locate him. He is in a mobile home. And for some reason, he's he's like in the woods. He's in a secluded area, right? He's in a mobile home. Yeah, like a mobile home park, trailer park. And he's in there dressed as a woman. I know. Isn't being in the mobile home like in this little alcove enough? Well, apparently you never know who's going to show up at your at your door. King's a queen. <laughs> so king says he can't get back in the ring sinclair owns his character and by the way 
you two dunderheads. It's all a show. Greatest show in the world. <laughs> yeah, they don't buy it. They don't buy it. <laughs> honk, honk. <laughs> uh, so then, of course, Jimmy King beats them up. Yeah, they go and get them beer. They get a beer run. They try to convince them a little more, and get they get them all fired up. And he crowns them. Crown us, King. Crown us. So then uh, King decides, okay, I'm on board. Let's go and let's... He wants to punch Titus Sinclair in the face. There you go. So then they play My Own Worst Enemy for the second time in this movie. Apparently, they were one song short, so they played My Own Worst Enemy earlier, and they played it again <laughs> when good. they got on the road. Yeah, I've done that at karaoke, actually. Oh, all right. Yeah. So 90s jam? You should have been all about it. So they get to New York, which is where Monday Night Nitro is this week. At the New York Arena. Yes. The fucking <laughs> just, New York Arena. It says New York Arena. <laughs> yeah. Which, of course, is sold out. Of course it is. Uh, so the main event is DDP versus Disco Inferno. Why wouldn't it be? <laughs> yeah, it is, it is a rather interesting uh, main event. Gordy, Sean, and Jimmy King sneak into the arena by bringing in porta potties they know the poop business they're bringing porta potties indoors brian yeah you're gonna have extra bathrooms around with all the crew that's gonna be there you've been backstage on a number of shows <laughs> yes i have how many porta potties have you seen backstage um, none but i never was backstage at wcw to be fair <laughs> i know they set up a tent for us backstage but they never gave us our own porta potty we did get to have share the bathroom with the actual talent you know, yeah i'll tell you what you know you know you know what my favorite bathroom ever was what's that fleet center over by where catering is, there's a single-person bathroom yep. over in that area. You know what I'm talking yes, about? Yes, I do. I used to love that. I used to go hide in there when I wanted to text. <laughs> <laughs> so they have gratuitous shots of the Nitro girls in their underwear at this point. Yes, they do. Sean and uh, Gordy gawking at them. Just <laughs> yeah, no, being a, Another a, scene that doesn't age very well, by no. the way. <laughs> a couple of peeping toms. <laughs> Anyway, so then the, there's a little interaction with uh, Gordy and Sasha. And then we go to an interview. I'm not sure why Titus, the booker and the owner, whatever he is, is also the interviewer, but he is. Yeah, it was, this part was a little weird because he was, uh, he was he's clearly like in cahoots or like DDP's manager, and then he just starts interviewing him. It's, it's, it's really weird. Yeah, so he's interviewing DDP. He buries Jimmy King. Zip ahead up here. Snap ahead. Snap ahead. Snap ahead. <laughs> uh, and Gordy just can't contain himself. The more he buries Jimmy King, calling him fat and stuff, and you know, fat boy, all these kind of things that you probably wouldn't approve of. Gordy can't contain himself, and neither can Jimmy, who bursts out of the Porta John and wallops Diamond Dallas Page across the head with a toilet seat. Yes, <laughs> Daddy just made him a shit house bitch. <laughs> and of course, the director of the interview has to get in a line. King's not in the script. <laughs> well, I got to tell you, it's a work. That's no, a shoot, brother. Well, now it is. <laughs> all right. All right. So Sean and Gordy, all this whole thing takes place backstage. They try to take out Sinclair. Uh, you know, they put him in like an arm bar or some shit. But Slides in with the How about those slide-in head scissors he puts on him? <laughs> the, but Bam Bam Bigelow and Van Hammer t 
toss Sean and Gordy around. Okay, now here's the other another part of the movie that really bothers me. Okay. How the fuck did Van Hammer score a role in this? That guy sucked. <laughs> he was so bad, and he was employed from like the mid-90s all the way through the close, and he got a fucking movie credit. Like, insane to me. Maybe one of the worst wrestlers to ever hold uh, employment in pro wrestling. Million dollar body. Fucking, you figured though in like 15 years he was there. Somebody might figure out like this guy can't wrestle or talk. So Billy Silverman just kind of standing around uh, twiddling his dick backstage. <laughs> and Sean and Gordy tell him to count. And Jimmy King pins DDP backstage. Billy Silverman, a favorite of somebody in WCW, by the way. Apparently. He wasn't a favorite when he went to the WWF, that's for sure. <laughs> no, he wasn't. And then we see the aforementioned Disco Inferno. Just standing around in a furry cowboy hat in this whole scene, doing nothing. <laughs> but anyway, Arquette yells something else at this point. He's doing his yelling gimmick. After this whole thing takes place, of course, we find out this, this is not legit. There's no title change. For the bylaws of the WCW, you can't uh, ambush your opponent. In the and, that, and that title cannot pass hands. In the high laws and bylaws <laughs> yes. of WCW. So then we cut to a party in the parking lot. Because they're going to celebrate because Jimmy King is getting his match. Yes. With DDP. So and, and $1 million on the line. That, uh, apparently so. And he doesn't even have to win. Yeah, this is an important part, Mike. He doesn't even have to win. He just has to survive. Insinuating that Sinclair wants DDP to kill him. Yeah, this comes up a number of times. <laughs> yes. like uh, Yeah, this, this is a pretty big plot point in this movie. They don't want to just beat Jimmy King. They actually want to murder him because all he has to do is survive the cage match. Titus Sinclair hearkening back to his Sopranos work. Apparently. Just uh, <laughs> threatening death everywhere he turns. Sasha is there, the leader of the Nitro Girls. She is there. She and Gordy hit it off at the party. She's impressed with how he handled himself in the brawl, and he says that he has a poster of her in his room because he's a 35-year-old man-child. Uh, also, at this party, the Nitro Girls have a choreographed striptease just randomly because when you're at a party, you know, you and I just kind of randomly have a choreographed gimmick that we go to when we're dancing. We do, yeah. Yeah, we do like the kid and play thing, right? <laughs> yes. Mean Gene is dancing as well, and he asks Jimmy if people think he's sexy. I think you're sexy, Mean Gene. <laughs> then Jimmy King falls in a manhole. Mean Gene very drunk, which I, I don't think is too far of a stretch, right? Right, right. But Jimmy King's the one that, that falls in the manhole. Yes, it is. And uh, so they pick Jimmy up somewhere in the sewer system because they know their sewage. Yeah, how'd they know where to find them? They're in the business. <laughs> They're in the business. <laughs> uh, oh, I love this. This is a good part coming up here. So Jimmy's not confident that he can overcome all these odds working against how him. How do they try to inspire him, though? Sing him a little ditty. I don't. I don't know this. I don't know. Far. All I know is the end. They'll rule that ass. Yeah, a little, <laughs> little pep song. Yeah, for Jimmy, Jimmy King to inspire him. <laughs> it's not Run DMC. It's completely different. There's another song. Yes. for Jimmy. So yes, maybe you can, maybe you can edit, Oh no, it's Sunday night. You're not editing anything. I say like, maybe you can edit it in there, but it's okay. So yeah, he is uh, impressed enough that he. Is ready to go on. He will go on to wrestle DDP. The two dummies think that Jimmy needs to train more, so they take him to Sal Bandini. Sal Bandini. Which, one of a couple characters here that I'm not sure is necessary in this film. What do you mean? He doesn't do too much. Oh, yeah, I, think he's, I think he serves as a big point of inspiration. Martin Landau, of course, is the actor. And uh, Sal Bandini... Um, Want to wrestle? 
inspired by Stu Hart, Eater Tiger, and um, there was one other guy. I, I don't have a note here, but someone else that inspired him as well. But anyway, Sasha and Gordy, they have their date. And uh, Gordy says, Buenos Nachos. Sasha says, Oh, Spanish, are you fluent? Gordy says, I don't remember what he says here. No, I feel fine. Oh, that's right. (laughs) We're going to have a bedroom match, Mike. (laughs) All right. We're, uh, you're right. So Sasha asks way too much about what's going on (laughs) with everything, with. Jimmy King with Sal Bandini, the trainer. And of course, Gordy tells her way too much. So I don't see anything coming out of this. Oh, you better be careful with Sasha here. So Sasha says, show me your moves. So you know what happens? He beats her up. <laughs> she shows him her tits. <laughs> and he says, foreign objects. <laughs> and punches her. What would you do if a woman showed you her tits? <laughs> and then later, when he's speaking to his... He's writing a note letter to his dad. Yes. Because I guess he still wrote letters in the year 2000. He declares himself no longer a virgin because he slow and he has no idea what sex is. Apparently. <laughs> Just not a clue. <laughs> you have to take your pants off at least. <laughs> That's not necessarily true. <laughs> <laughs> uh, so, okay. So, Jimmy King meets Bill Goldberg at the gym, tries to recruit him as part of his posse. Yes. Did you notice somebody in the background of this scene, Mike? There's a young man with bleach blonde flat top. Yes. Making his motion picture debut. His name? The Prototype. <laughs> yes, it was. John Cena, yeah, was in the background of this scene. Working out. But you can't see him. <laughs> All right, so Bill Goldberg says no. He's not going to be a part of the King's Men. Anyway, now Sid Vicious and Perry Saturn attempt to take out Sal Bandini at his apartment. Oh, sons of bitches. For training Jimmy. But he- how, how ridiculous is this premise, by the way, that you got... Two like and this is an era where these are two guys who have made a lot of money in pro wrestling. Right. And somehow they're they're not just henchmen characters on TV. They're actually in New York City and they're real life henchmen for Titus Sinclair. It's the best. Is this <laughs> So uh, for a moment Sal beats the fuck out of both of them until Sid hits him with a uh, balsa wood chair, just rendering him uh, unconscious. From there, we cut to the hospital where Sal Bandini is under uh, doctor's care. Uh, David Arquette, Gordy, he's going to get Butterfingers because Butterfinger was a big pro wrestling sponsor back in the day. So Butterfingers are mentioned numerous, numerous times (laughs) in this part of the movie. So he's going to get Butterfingers out of the machine, and he hears Sasha on the payphone. They had payphones back then, too, with Titus Sinclair asking if she can leave because the job is done. And uh, Gordy is crushed. Well, she, I mean, he, he lost his virginity to her. <laughs> he lost something. <laughs> Jimmy goes and visits his wife. And she, of course, kicks him in the nuts, which I haven't mentioned this yet, but this is like the seventh 
ball shot in the movie, which, I mean, it's a direct reflection of what was going on in wrestling at that time. <laughs> ball shot central. Ball shot central. So why not? Another ball shot. So Jimmy also at this point sees his son who has bad teeth. <laughs> Look at that grill. <laughs> and Jimmy vows to win the match and the money to first and foremost pay for his son's dental work. He should. All right, so they get back to Wyoming. Gordy's dad shows up and takes Gordy away because he's going to take that goddamn test no matter what. You got to be a cop, no skimpy outfits, no touching other men. Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, very, uh, again, something that doesn't age terribly well from this time period. So Sean and Jimmy later on go to Gordy's window at his house Try to get him out of Dodge. Of course, his wrestling posters all over the place. He is a 12-year-old boy in a 40-year-old man's body. <laughs> but no, Gordy's had a change of heart. Finally, after all these years, it's time for him to grow up. He's going to take the cop test and be done with the shit. <laughs> this is the same kind of... I, I picture you recently... Um, <laughs> I, I picture a scene like this where your wife shows up and... Uh, Steals your way from me for doing this podcast, and I show up at your window trying to get you to come back and do the podcast, and, you, and you, we have this very same dialogue. Never going to happen, Kingpin. <laughs> Never going to happen. So the Kingsman posse tryouts. This is another useless scene. It ends up uh, the final three. What about the guy who sings Oklahoma? <laughs> Apparently, he did the wrong tryouts. He might, he might be developmentally slow as well. <laughs> Wrong tryouts he showed up for. And also there was Satan Siamese twins. They aren't really Siamese twins. No. Fireman Fred was one of the final three. And I'm going to hose ya. The chewer. He just spits. I just know. And uh, Pretty Kitty. What is she going to do? Boob him to death? Yeah. So she's. She's not even She's not even really all that buxom. Yeah, she's all right. No, she's, I mean, she's good looking. And she just, she does, you know, you figure if they're going to throw that line in there, they would have had like. You know, like major guns or something in there. So the big pay-per-view is happening in Vegas. Jimmy King versus DDP. So they're heading off to Vegas for the big show. And Brady from the fast food place shows up to send Sean off. But he blows her off. And he goes to Wendy. We've seen the error of his ways. And gives her a Hard Rock t-shirt from New York City. She's going to give him something, too. Yeah, apparently (laughs) Sean loses his cherry as well. (laughs) But he's actually naked, so <laughs> it, it might have actually happened. Did you did you enjoy the gratuitous ass shot, Mike? I sure did. <laughs> Not that there's anything wrong with that. No, you had a nice bum. Yeah. So Gordy does show up here, which is uh, Jimmy King well in the big match, but uh, he's not going. He's going back home. He's Can't taking go. the test. He's doing the whole deal. So it's the Royal Bash. That's the name of the pay-per-view. They put that pay-per-view together pretty quickly. They sure did. WCW. <laughs> Flying by the seat of their pants, week in and week out. So Sinclair. And you were saying this movie wasn't accurate. <laughs> Sinclair is in a room with Sting. Crow Sting. One of the most over guys in WCW, at least until 97, Sarcade. At least until Jimmy King came along. And Titus, yes, tells Sting he will kill him if he fucks this up. Mm-hmm. More, more death. More death. So now, basically, Titus Sinclair is the ring announcer. He, he gets in the ring. Yeah. <laughs> he says, the WCW belt is on the line. One million dollars is on the line. And one man's life is on the line. Yes, someone else could die. <laughs> That's the whole point of the match, to kill Jimmy King. 
And this is Brian, the cage of death. <laughs> and we have experience, or you, in fact, on this podcast, have experience with the cage of death yes. of sorts, a doomsday cage match. Yes. So what are the rules? Just, just <laughs> tell actually, me. Actually, in this movie, the rules made a hell of a lot more sense than they did <laughs> than they did in um, in the regular Doomsday Cage match. And this one, they just got to climb to the top and get the belt. Yes, there is. It's basically like a ladder match with three cages. There's a belt hanging above the top cage. Yes. So you get on top of the last cage and reach up and grab the belt, and you are the WCW champion. Right. Really easy rules. Like uh, WCW should have booked the original Doomsday Cage match as simply as they booked the cage match for Ready to Rumble. But they didn't. Much to our delight, in <laughs> <Yeah>. fact. <laughs> so, no, Titus Sinclair is actually not the ring announcer because they did get Michael Buffer. Probably paid him like a million dollars for this. Yes. So, Jimmy King heads to the ring, says something to Sean that he doesn't catch, and then Sean comes out to ask him what he said, and he bursts into flames. Told him to watch out for the pyro. Sean doesn't know. It's his pro wrestling debut. And they also went back and dubbed in much like the Sid Vicious thing. They went back and dubbed in Sean saying, I'm melting, I'm melting, <laughs> which he wasn't saying. His mouth wasn't moving, so. <laughs> Very upset. Horse shit. Randomly, these three finalists of the posse come up behind Jimmy King. I don't even think they get involved. No, they, they, they just walk down to the ring with him and you never see him again. Just a useless scene. This thing is an hour and 52 minutes. They could have cut that out easily and everything would be fine. Anyway... DDP comes out to his fake Nirvana music. Why couldn't they have just got the real Nirvana song? They have all these other real songs in the movie. Because that wasn't that wasn't his music. Come on, it's it's freaking Nirvana. Yeah, but it wasn't. It smells his. like Teen Spirit. It is, but you know. So anyway, Michael Buffer does his big spot, but he says, "We are ready to rumble." Like he you doesn't get, do get the, the line of the movie in, or the, the, uh, the let's the get of the movie. ready. But he doesn't do his own spot. WCW. <laughs> so Titus Sinclair locks the door to the cage and says, see you in hell. <laughs> so we're supposed to believe that this whole thing is a shoot match, correct? Yes, it is. It's a shoot, brother. It's like Brawl for All with three cages. <laughs> correct. So Sean outsmarts DDP early on and is able to handcuff him to the cage. And taunts him by saying, Diamond upside down is a pussy. <laughs> Moving on. <laughs> so this cage match, what's, what's the point of a cage match? To uh, keep people in and keep others out. So the heels run in, of course. Well, they got bolt cutters, right? Including Brian, a mysterious man in a mask. Yes. This man ends up being Jimmy King's son, Frankie. Why? Good plot twist. Is it? <laughs> What's the fucking point of that? <laughs> he doesn't want his dad to win. He wants revenge for walking out on him all those years ago. Oh, my God. The heels come in. They decimate everybody. Jimmy the King is down. But here comes Goldberg and Booker T and Kidman and <laughs> the fucking Disco Inferno again. <laughs> Big baby face Disco Inferno. <laughs> He's here, but they can't get into the cage. Where's like Hogan, Hall, and Nash at this point? Yeah, I know. <laughs> like, why aren't they in this movie? Hogan, come on. He's not accepting a secondary role. 
kidding me? <laughs> That's probably true. So they can't get into the cage. It's locked. Even Big Bill Goldberg can't. Yeah, they, they even shake that they, loose. Re, they relocked the cage after the heels got in. Right. So uh, a man on a motorcycle flies out of the chute, <laughs> bursts through the cage doors. At first, I thought it's Gordy's dad. <laughs> Why would you think it's Gordy's dad? Because it looked like Gordy's dad. <laughs> he had the full cop outfit on. Oh, you were the only person who's ever watched this movie that thought that was Gordy's dad. <laughs> no, it is Gordy himself. Apparently, he passed the test and immediately got hired <laughs> by the police department, and he was on staff the next day. Why not? <laughs> well, dad's uh, the sheriff. So the tide turns. The tide turns. And in this shoot fight, of course, Goldberg hits a jackhammer because you're going to get your shit in. Got to. <laughs> Got to. So, of course, they're watching the pay-per-view at the police station. Must be a slow there's, night. There's a lot of weird places that they have, this pay-per-view is showing. It's showing at the police station. It's showing at the fast food restaurant. Yeah, how do you get a pay-per-view? <laughs> yeah. well, I guess you get on the horn and calling up the air yeah, cable you provider. Imagine, like, you know, you're, you're like, you know, a kid working at a fast food place. Like, hey, boss, I'm going to order the WCW pay-per-view tonight. <laughs> Fuck well, you are. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, uh, Gordy's dad is pissed that Gordy is there at the show doing all this shit, but... Like his son, he's a market heart, and he starts cheering. He's proud of his son for his little one there. So, that's gonna be you someday when your boy when your boy is in uh, in pro wrestling. That's gonna be you. You're gonna try to keep him out, but he's gonna secretly get in. And you're gonna be like, "That's my son." <laughs> Except for hopefully he's wrestling and not refereeing for Christ's sake. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Rose McGowan is back. Uh, she apparently just hops into the cage in the middle of all this mess. This scene is of all the things that are absurd in this movie. This may be this may top it all. So Rose comes in uh, with Sasha. She wants to get with Gordy, but he tells her to fuck off, and then she gets hit in the head with the ladder. The ladder just swinging by her somehow. Like, how could this even be possible? She's probably what five 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 six. The post is just not even a thing. The, the, the ladder is just <laughs> swinging back and forth like the ring's not even there. And by, by the way, Sean at one point calls it a ladder match. Yeah. Like, no. It's a cage match. <laughs> but there are ladders involved because you can never have too much plunder. Correct? Well, you got to get up to the uh, next level somehow. You do. So Jimmy King and DDP are going at it. They're climbing up the cages. There's like a, a like a, a not a rope ladder but some sort of like a chain yeah, ladder. metal chain yeah. weird ladder yeah and they keep getting into the top cages and they finally get to the top where the belt is and ddp knocks jimmy king off all the way down to cage number one. Oh no what are we ddp do? he's all alone the belt just inches from his grubby little hands until sting Comes in like Shawn Michaels in a zip line, <laughs> knocks DDP off the cage as well. So Jimmy King is the biggest cheater on earth. Is just what you're saying? Sure, why not? <laughs> so uh, Sting says that Jimmy is all right with him. Shawn says we all love Jimmy. We're not afraid to say we love we're, other we're, men. We're men. We aren't afraid to say we love other men. Right. And Sting, as a Christian man, takes offense apparently <laughs> and punches him in the nose. <laughs> Then Gordy says he wants to be hit as well. Hit me, hit me, and Sting obliges there. 
<sighs> so King and uh, DDP both climb back to the top. It's one-on-one, mano-a-mano. By, by the way, the logistics of all of this shit happening, again, absurd. Yes. Sting just swung at the top of the cage, and all of a sudden he's in the first cage with those two. Yeah, things happen. <laughs> Tele- teleportation is a thing in this movie. So both of them are bloody, but it's like a real like a neon red blooded. Like, yeah, doesn't it's look very real weird at color. DDP says, who the hell are you fighting for? Jimmy King, me. Just said his family or something. Yeah, maybe not. <laughs> uh, maybe. So ball shot number 17 by DDP here. King ends up getting over on him, though. Picks him up. Big scoop slam. Scooping a slam. Looks like dog shit. <laughs> and I guess they've already stolen the Foley toss off the cage. They might as well also parody the drop through the cage. And DDP falls through each level of the cage all the way to the ring below. Jimmy King grabs the belt, wins the match, wins the million dollars. Hallelujah. Hurrah, hurrah. <laughs> he's the champ once again. Yeah, he's, he's got the heavyweight belt, but what about uh, what about the tag team titles? What about unification? <laughs> and Oakland's basically the one that does all this. I guess Buffer wanted to beat the traffic. He got out of there. Yeah, is he going for tag team gold? And Goldberg offers a team with him. Johnny come lately, Goldberg. But... Jimmy King's already got a partner. Gordy Boggs, a.k.a. The Law. (laughs) And Shane Sugar Daddy Dawkins is their manager. And Wendy is watching at the fast food place and loves it and loves him. Yes, she does. Also, the last uh, shot of this scene is Jimmy King raising the arm of both Sean and Gordy. Someone should have taught him how to raise people's arms. He's doing that awkward thing where he's holding their hands instead of their wrists. <laughs> so he's like, it's like really like dainty. <laughs> Not there's anything wrong with that either. It's a cover of WCW magazine. It is because we cut back to the convenience store from the very beginning of the film. And Sean is pontificating once again on the stoop. And the kids aren't buying it or they think it was just like a one-time thing. That, uh, you know, Sean is not going to go on the road with the WCW, with Gordy. I think probably they know that WCW is not long for this world. (laughs) The kids are the smartest ones in this fucking movie (laughs) because Sean and Gordy are a couple of fucking shitheads. (laughs) So just then, as this whole thing is happening, the clerk, Ahmed Zappa, flies through the window, shattering the glass. And it's Goldberg, Jimmy, and Gordy. Which I don't know why that was necessary. But all their gear, by the way. <laughs> yes, yes, Goldberg in his little trunks. Yes. Why not? <laughs> and then Shay from the Nitro Girls pulls up in a Jeep. Yes, in Lusk, Wyoming. <laughs> With a hot tub in the back, by the way. With Georgia license plates. Yes. And of course, Sal, the trainer. Martin Landau is sitting back in the hot tub with two more of the Nitro Girls, and he says, God bless America, and they drive off. Into the sunset. Yes. Happy end. I love happy endings. But it's not quite over yet. As we go to the Cannibal Run-style blooper reel, I guess <laughs> R.I.P. Burt Reynolds, we see all the, the mistakes, all the flubs, the, you know, the ad-libbing going on. You actually sat through this? Oh, yeah, everyone's having fun. I've never actually sat through that. Fittingly, let me just say this. Fittingly, they end this whole thing 
with a montage of people being kicked in the nuts, which is exactly how I felt <laughs> at the end of this movie. You, Kingpin Brian Malonis, kicked me in the ball bag. <laughs> well, I mean, you're a big fan of Dave Meltzer. What do you give this, Mike? What's your star rating on this? Something that rarely is talked about, something that rarely Dave Meltzer gives, I'm giving it a dud. Wow. Dud. I give I give this a solid three stars. This movie. I know you do. <laughs> I know you do. Because you take it too seriously. It's just supposed to be funny. And I did. I sat through the credits just about, and something very interesting, Brian. That I'm not sure you're aware of. There was a uh, someone credited as front row fan number two. The name Bruce Seraphin or Seraphin. The designated hitter. The designated hitter <laughs> has a credit in this movie. Huh. We haven't talked about this really uh, at length. <laughs> Can we talk about who the designated hitter is? He's an old Kowalski student who, for some inexplicable reason, across social media platforms, including different uh, different names, because I had to continually block him, because <laughs> he just harasses me nonstop, <laughs> and then offers me uh, <laughs> offers me unsolicited advice and, like, Tell you know, like he's doing me a favor. Maybe I'll come watch you wrestle sometime. He was convinced the the Vince McMahon thing, the picture of Vince McMahon was a was a work. And uh, what else? He called me a he called me a mark who told me you know that I fall that I, I don't know like I got, I've gotten worked by the business and myself. And I'm like, I don't even fucking know you. <laughs> like, Are you calling him right now the inspiration for Gordy? <laughs> Uh, sure. <laughs> okay. <laughs> All right. Well, let us know what you think about this review of Ready to Rumble. I finally sat through it. How do you feel about this movie? Let us know. Tweet us at the WPAN on Twitter with your take. Use the hashtag WPAN so we can find it and respond to it. It's a victory just having gotten you to watch this. Another victory will be if you leave us a voicemail. We will play it on this podcast if you do. Call 401-584-9726. 401-584-WPAN. Call the voicemail line. Quickly before we move on here, Booking the Territory, the unprofessional wrestling podcast with Mike Mills, Harbody Harper, Doc Turner. Twice a week on Sundays and Thursdays, they drop new podcasts on their feed. MikeMills.Podbean.com to find that. And for more information on Booking the Territory, a great ally of the wrestling podcast about nothing and once again check out our vantage point this week their 100th episode joe and quinn thank you very much congratulations ovppodcast.com for more on our vantage point and greetings from allentown with pw peter winson greetings from allentown he talks about a single episode of wrestling television each and every week with his own special kind of slant on it Check out Peter Winston and Greetings from Allentown on the Pro Wrestling on the Fade on Place to Be Nation or his own feed. And the Rundown Wrestling Podcast, Jason Stewart, Adam Salzer, all the rest over there at the Rundown Wrestling Podcast feed. So many shows there all week long. Make sure you subscribe and enjoy. All right, Brian, it is time for this week's promo about nothing. But before we get into that, you are hitting the highways and byways, crisscrossing this great nation of ours, plying your trade as a professional wrestler, and you got dates. I do. I actually got this next weekend off again, Mike. There uh, you go. Yeah, much needed couple of weeks off here to heal my mind and my body, I guess you could say. Perfect. Uh, but excited to get back at it. Friday night, October the 5th, 
in Lowell, Massachusetts for Chaotic Wrestling. Mm. Go to chaoticwrestling.com for full ticket and card information. One week later, on the 12th, Friday night the 12th, I'll be in Baltimore, Maryland for Ring of Honor's Glory by Honor. It's a Honor Club exclusive that you can see live streaming on the Honor Club service. And then two days later, Mike, I'll be in the City of Brotherly Love back at the uh, 2300 Arena Again, for Ring of Honor's international TV taping, go to ROHWrestling.com for ticket and card information. And rule that ass again. Yes. And then Saturday, October the 20th, starting at 10 a.m., Mike. Oh. Yes, 10 a.m. I have a seminar. Ah. Yes, a seminar with Atlantic Pro Wrestling. Uh, for the, the wrestlers out there that listen to this, uh, come join. Come train with me. I can share some of my, my experiences and my thoughts on pro wrestling. And uh, if that's not enough... Uh, we're actually uh, there's actually going to be some spots on the show to be earned. There will be a, a number of spots in the in the battle royal that night that they're looking to fill. And I've also been uh, been told, and now I'm allowed to announce that uh, there'll actually be two spots for a pre-show match that'll go on 15 minutes before the the start of the actual live card for two participants to basically have a tryout match for Atlantic Pro Wrestling. So. If you're a young wrestler out there, come to the seminar. You can earn a spot uh, not only on the on that show, but if you do well enough, maybe some future bookings for you with Atlantic Pro Wrestling. How about that? It's a pretty good deal, right? There you go. And what is that show? It's uh, When is it? Yes. The show, October the 20th, Mike. Saturday, October the 20th, that night. So the, the, camp, the seminar is at 10 a.m., show's at 6.30. All right. And that's in, that's in Newburyport, Massachusetts. And then uh, rounding out the month, Mike, October the 26th, a Friday night, I return to Chaotic Wrestling and Woburn. Wow. ChaoticWrestling.com for full ticket and card information. And if I didn't add uh, the Atlantic Pro Wrestling, the seminar in the show, go to AtlanticProWrestling.com. You can prepay for the seminar right on that website. All right. That goes right to your pocketbook. No, it goes to their pocketbook. Okay. <laughs> All right. If you want to book the Kingpin, email BrianMalonis at Comcast.net or DM him on the Twitter at BrianMalonis. All right, promo about nothing time, Kingpin. The year is 1993. We've done WWF. We've done WCW. Very rare that we do ECW. Ooh. And this is Eastern Championship Wrestling. This is before they went extreme. So let's listen right now to two gentlemen. One is named... Wild man Sal Balomo, and the other is the Sandman. Salvatore Balomo? Yes. Oh. This week's promo about nothing. Hey, wild man, Ivan and Vladimir. I tell you one thing, my friend. I will say this to you. If you don't like this country, get out of here. I came here in this country, and I'm still here in this country. There's a flag here I will fight for because these people in this country and these children in this country and this man here give me everything behind to go for and fight for what? For a flag of all the world will look for it is American flag. And I have one thing to say. I'm fighting for two flags, one for Italy, one for America, and this flag, prove it. Russian, you don't like it. Get out of here. I'm staying. All right. Get out of here. I'm staying. That's what you're going to say to me in about five minutes. <laughs> so, yeah, the Sandman, I guess they really didn't have confidence in him as a promo, did they? Apparently not. He's just there holding the mic. <laughs> so, yeah, it says, Ivan and Vladimir are the Koloffs. <laughs> That's all he gets out before Salvalomo just cuts him off and goes over to his diatribe about he loves America. He's carrying the American flag, old glory. What is Sandman wearing? Sandman, the original gimmick, the Sandman. 
he was a surfer. So that is a wetsuit. Really? Yeah, you didn't know that? I had no clue. Yeah, the salmon. He's the sand, the beach. So, yeah, that was his original deal. He was wearing a wetsuit. All right. All right. So the Sandman, uh, he didn't get any better with those promos, did he? (laughs) But at least this time. I'll tell you what, he cut a hell of a promo on uh, me and uh, Warbeard Hanson and a couple other fellas backstage one time. (laughs) What did he say? He was just giving us good advice, but he was just yelling it inexplicably at the top of his lungs for (laughs) absolutely no reason. Like giving us really good sound advice for the day, but just screaming it for some reason. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, So, I mean, there's not much to say about this thing. It's Sal Balomo. He's not a very good promo, but I guess he's a lot better than Sam. They had more confidence in this guy. Sal Balomo, you said to me, Salvatore Balomo, the jobber from WWF? Yeah. Yeah. All right. Making waves in Eastern Championship Wrestling. Uh, Not for long, but he did. He's apparently a big, big baby face. The people love him. He loves America. He sure does. There's no debate. <laughs> Who doesn't? That. Who doesn't? <laughs> uh, so Sandman, Sal Balomo. This week's promo about nothing. If you want the full picture, find the link to the video in the description of this episode or at the WPAN.com. That is the WPAN.com. All right. We are back here next Monday for episode 128 of the Wrestling Podcast About Nothing. Till then. Here's the Kingpin, Brian Malonis. I'm Mike Crockett. Big ups to Mako, and thanks for nothing. <laughs>